You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you from Tasmania. Right across Australia, each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going. And experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, David Leo, and today we have David Maxwell, or Max, joining us from Launceston for a series, The Significant Sevens of Revelation. Welcome, Max. How you going, Leo? Good to be here today. Uh, good to hear you. And it's uh, good to have you back with us this week. Each week, in the intro to your program, you've been sharing something significant with our listeners. So, what do you have for us today? Yeah, thanks, Leo. This morning I've got uh, Revelation 22, 1-5. I've, I've been sharing during this short series, it's only a, sh- a series of seven programs, but I've been sharing my most significant passages in the Bible. Last week we looked at Philippians 2, 5 to 11, talking about how everybody bows the knee to Jesus and recognises who he is. And today I want to look at Revelation 22, 1 to 5. I'm going to read from the New King James, and the New King James is a version I like. I also like the um, New Living Translation that we read from often, but I, I like the New King James as well. So, Revelation 22, 1-5, nearly the end of the Bible, and such a positive, positive passage. And he showed me a river, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its street, that's talking about the river, in the middle of its street, and on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore Twelve fruits, each fruit yielding each, sorry, each tree, each of those three trees, um, yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face. What a positive verse, eh? Hmm. And his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, I really I really love this passage. You know, it's one of my favourites, as I said. And one of the reasons why it's my favourite is, you know, throughout the Bible there are clear doctrines. But there's also obscure verses that support those clear doctrines. And this is one of them. So as we believe in Father, Son and Holy Spirit, it's interesting that it says it's a tree of life that issues this river, right? Uh, or, Or that the pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeds from the throne of God and from the Lamb and in the middle of the street of this river so in the middle of the flowing of the river and on either side is a tree of life, the tree of life it's one tree tree. but it seems to have three trunks one in the middle of the river and one on either side And, and I think why three trunks well we know that the healing, the life, comes from God. And so here I see an obscure reference to Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all three. And I think it's just fascinating. I really do. 
It also says that our hurts will be healed from this tree. Now, I've wondered about that for a long time, and this is just my thinking about it. I can't have biblical proof for this, but my thinking about it says that the leaves are for the healing of the nation, so our healing. I suspect we're going to remember sin only because we're never going to allow that to raise its head again. So we're going to have to have a memory of what happened so that we make sure that doesn't get repeated. Right, right. But the pain of it, you know, when we read back in chapter 21, it says he will wipe away our tears. So I feel it's the it's the pain of that memory that is going to be removed. And perhaps that's what the, the leaves of the tree of life are for, the healing of that pain. I don't know. But it, it affirms, though, this in these verses that there'll be no more curse or no more sin. Right. No more sin. And I don't know about you, Leo, but I'm fed up with sin. You know, I, I don't want it here anymore. I, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. And as Paul laments this in Romans 7, um, he he feels the same. He, he says, you know, I, I know I have a spiritual... Uh, indwelling now I have a spiritual nature I, I want to do the right thing but I find I'm trapped in this sinful body and I keep doing the wrong Romans thing. 7 yeah Romans 7 powerful chapter and so I, I, I list, I'm hearing what he's saying but here there'll be no more sin no more sin and we're encouraged that we will see his face Mm. see the face of mm. God and, mm. and Jesus will be with us forever and finally and we will live forever. So I think this is really powerful passage here, really is. And it's a good lead-in for today's program entitled The Perfect, Perfect Seven, Seven Restored, um, which is about a time when God's going to restore all things like they were in the beginning. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you said, um, is it, how do I feel about it? You know, just uh, yesterday yeah. I was reading through Matthew 24, and um, my eyes kept glazing over, I think it's verse 12 or 13, but it kept saying, the love of many will grow cold. Grow cold. Love of many will grow cold. I think, man, you know, okay. I, get, I just I just feel it's going there more and more. And I just, you know, you mm. know the difference when you're in a community of people that actually love yeah. with a genuine love, you know, and, it's like, and I love being in those, I love being in the presence of that, mm. you know, and uh, praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So you're going to go through uh, the uh, the we continue the significant sevens of Revelation, but today's one's called the perfect seven restored. Mm. What's that about? Mm. Yeah, we've looked at a number of things, haven't we? And I'm going to mm-hmm. recap. I'm not going to recap here because we're actually going to recap as we go through the, okay. the program, right? Okay. So uh, we're going to, we've looked at six significant sevens, and today is not so much a significant seven, if you like. So it's not a set of seven things, but it does look at a particular mm, combination of those sevens, and we'll look at that a little bit later. Uh, I'm going to unpack this. We're going to review what we've looked at. Then we're going to look at this special thing that I've just talked about that's symbolised by these six sevens. And then we're going to wrap up and see how it applies to us today. So my listener question today is, has the number seven (laughs) ever been significant for you? Now, I can't say that. I think three is a significant number for me. I'm 23rd. Oh, well, actually, it's the sixes. 23rd of the 666. Ah. <laughs> number of a man. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not I don't fit the other ones. <laughs> so, um, 
for me, really, seven wasn't significant, really, at all, at all in my life right. until I learned about the seventh day Sabbath as God's special day. So the Saturday, seventh day Sabbath. Now I see it everywhere when I read the Bible. I see Sabbath here. I see the blessing of it there. I see, you know, Jesus says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I see the apostles keeping the Sabbath. I see, you know, the Sabbath restored. And and, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today as well. And I've experienced the special refreshing I receive on that day directly from God. So that for me is the significant number seven. Um, that that's come about in my life. Yeah. What about you? You got any? Um, yeah, I think I think seven was significant because I was born into the um, born into the church, growing up in the Seventh Day Adventist uh-huh. Church. But uh, you know, I'm pretty sure I don't. As a young kid, um, I remember saying seven was my lucky number, and <laughs> uh, and I and I think it might have been influenced by my upbringing and hearing my parents talking about the importance All of the, the Seventh time. Day and. Completion, you know, number seven's about completion, and I also mm. liked it because it's um, it's odd, you know. You've got you've got these three things that can match up, and you've got an odd seven that just comes, mm. out, you know, comes out of nowhere. But it, it, it's um, yeah. it's uh, I can't say that I can remember anything significant where number seven, you know, won me a raffle, raffle or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, seven's been a special yeah. number in my life, and and, and, yeah, and yeah. I'm pretty sure it's because of that. My because of my upbringing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. So today we're going to look at what Revelation shows us about Jesus in the wrap-up as we as we look at what we've looked at so far. So we've yeah. looked at lots of stuff. Well, we're going to sure see, have. most importantly, most importantly, what does the what do these six sevens tell us about Jesus? That's important. And then we're gonna we're gonna unpack that next year. So get ready for unpacking that entire the entire six sevens next year. Yeah, I'm glad you gave me that so, teaser. Yeah, yes, yes. So why why is all this important to us? That's what we're going to wrap up with. So the listener question again, Dave. And you know? the, the, the question is, has the number seven been significant for you? And uh, if you could give us that feedback, uh, you can you can send that to the phone number, which is 0488-880-891. So text us your answer at that number. Has the number seven ever been significant for you? And keep that number in your phone as well, because we're going to have a free book offer later on, and you'll want to text us a code, which I'll uh, offer further into our program. So stay tuned, and you can get that code as well. And uh, as as Max mentioned, there's plenty to, to listen to, and if you've missed any episodes in the past, you can go to um, the Play Store on, on Google or Apple and get the Faith FM app, and you can download that app and listen to past episodes, or you can go to the Faith FM website and have a listen to that. But for now, we're going to go to a break. We're going to hear a song by uh, Kendall Kimbra, and this song is called I Am Making All Things New. Praise the Lord.
to the thirsty I give healing From the spring of life come drink For behold, I am making all things new Write this down, every word is true Tell the world what I came to do I am making all things new Announced with splendor I will dwell with you, my friends I will be your God forever You will never leave my side You were always my beloved Now at last you'll be my bride For behold, I am making all this down, every word is true. Tell the world what I came to do. I am making all things A torch will light our way And the gates of that great city Never close to those who come Every nation brings its glory To our new creation home For behold, I am making all things new Write this down, every word is true Tell the world what I came to do I am making all things new I am making all things new You're listening to Taz Encounters of Faith FM, and we're talking with Max, or Pastor David Maxwell, on the topic of the perfect seven restored. Now, we've been, um, we, we're back from break, and uh, we're continuing our series, The Significant Sevens of Revelation, with today's topic, The Perfect Seven Restored. Before the break, you said that uh, today, as you wrap up the short series, you're going to explain why it's all so important to us today. So how are you going to kick this off? Yeah, yeah, it is really important for us today to know about these, actually, because Revelation starts with saying, um, it says it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that tells us what's happening in the, the future. And you can take that revelation of Jesus Christ in two ways. It's either given to us from him or it's revealing him. And I think Revelation really does both of those things. So what we're going to do today is start off with a brief review of what we've looked at already uh, and then something significant I've discovered about all these sevens uh, followed by what's still ahead for us and that's how we'll wrap up. 
But first I'm going to pray, and then I would uh, like you to read the passage that we're going to look at today, and we'll yep. read it in the New Living Translation. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we still have your word and we can open it today. Father, as we we open it and we share it with people, Lord, I pray that you will be over the technology, that people will be able to hear it, and more than that, that they'll be able to hear your voice and be blessed, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Revelation 21, 1 to 5, if you could read that in the New Living Translation, please, Leo. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. Hmm. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. Thanks very much, Leo. Now, there's many commentators have talked about this passage, especially the bit that says the sea, sea is, gone. is gone. There's no more sea. Uh, they they, re- they realise that in context, John is writing this uh, in on the Isle of Patmos where he's been marooned, if you like. He's been put mm. uh, by Domitian the because corner. of his, yeah, because of his, uh, his <laughs> preaching of Jesus. So, yes, I'll put him in the naughty corner. And he's separated from everybody he knows. And so the commentators have, many commentators have said, perhaps this is not literally, there won't be any water um, on the new earth. But it does appear that he's certainly talking about there's no more separation. separation. As, as I read earlier, we see the face of God. Oh, that's good news. With us. Beautiful news. So first section I'm looking at today is called Seeing Jesus in the Six Significant Sevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to review it. Now, I don't know if you remember, back in the 70s to 80s, uh, were you around? I was born just know? at the end of the 70s, 79. Okay. So you were certainly around in 2005 when the movie... I was. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy came out. Now, I know you Googled that the other day and you checked out some things. <laughs> yep. So, in 1979, Douglas Adams wrote a trilogy. They call it a trilogy in inverted commas, but trilogy is usually three, but he did five books. Okay, so maybe you couldn't count. Yeah. <laughs> and these were later turned into the movie Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in 2005. Now, in these books... He postulates that a great great computer called Deep Thought came up with the answer to life, the universe, and everything as the number 42. Mm. And one theme in the book, then, is for the main character to discover uh, or for them to figure out what the actual question was that that the computer used to arrive at 42. And even the computer couldn't figure that out, so so they created a supercomputer which was even better than that, and it was called Earth. <laughs> How unusual, right? So yeah. it's really a confusing plot and, uh, and the subsequent movie. But 
you can see a lot of biblical undertones if you care to look. And until recently, I didn't really understand the importance of the number 42, but we'll take a look at that in the second part of today's program, or the next, not this part, the next one, <clears throat> and we'll, we'll take a look at, uh, um, to see this that it shows... Yeah, the 42. We're going to look at the importance of the number 42 mm. and shows that it actually is quite significant. And although Douglas Adam was a professed atheist, I wonder if he actually thought there was something <laughs> peculiar with that number. And maybe, you know, in Hollywood, he's, um, you know, associated with a lot of Jewish people and it's yeah. significant for them. So anyway, a little bit later on, we'll just see what some of those things might be. You know, I, I love it when God uses people that don't believe in him to speak on his behalf. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. <laughs> it is, it, it mm. is. Mm. So seeing the signi- Jesus in the significant sevens, the six significant sevens, um, opening, the opening words of Revelation give us this unique insight into what the contents of Revelation are supposed to tell us. It says it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's it's from him to John, and it shows us things that are about to happen on the earth. And as we read these things, we also learn a lot about Jesus as well, because as he tells us these things are going to happen, we see how he interacts through it all, which is very, very important. So right at the very beginning, we have we, have, we looked at the seven churches, okay? And the seven churches topic it showed us that Jesus is with his people and Jesus is caring. So the reason I know that is because each of the churches has an angel, if you like. In Revelation one twenty, it says the, the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, so that's Jesus in his right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars, the, are the angels of the seven churches. And, um, and, and I thought that's very interesting because these angels, it seems to infer that each church has an angel that's watching over, that's um, looking after these churches on earth. In the same verse, it says the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches. So these um, churches are uh, represented as lampstands. Now, what's a lampstand supposed to do? Give light. Right. It lifts the light up, actually, doesn't it? Makes it higher. Yes. So, you know, what, what we're talking about is a stand that you put your oil lamp on. Not a candle. They didn't have candles then. Yeah. They had oil lamps. So they would take the oil lamp and they would put it on a stand in the house so it would actually light the whole room. Okay? So when you think about that, that's what Jesus is saying a church is. A church lifts up the light. The light. <laughs> and Jesus actually said in Matthew 5 that that was the purpose of the lampstand and by extension the purpose of the church to lift up the light of Jesus to the world. Mm. And for each of the churches, Jesus says, I know your works. So Jesus is not disconnected from his people on earth. It doesn't matter whether they were good or they were bad. Every letter starts with, I know your works. I know your works. Good or bad, I know your works. And, and he knows what's happening uh, to them and through these symbols of angels, lampstands and the message, I know your works, we see that Jesus cares immensely for his people on earth. Then we look at the seven seals, which was God's good news to man. Jesus is gracious. The gospel 
going down through time, triumphantly, then persecuted, and then corrupted, and, you know, all those different ones we looked at as each seal opened, and that was the, the, the traversing of the gospel down through history. Then we looked at seven trumpets, warnings that God sends down through, oops, again, down through time, um, showing Jesus is merciful. So well, these warnings were mixed with mercy. So as the warnings were given, people had time to respond in different times in history. You know, Dark Ages was in there. God gave warnings, but people had time to respond. And I thought that was fantastic because in those seven trumpets, we see that God has shown the whole world his glory, his power, but he allows people time to change. Mm. It's not until right at the end, the last trumpet, that time's up. <clears throat> and then we had seven signs. Then those seven signs were man's response to God. God's patience, um, you know, Jesus is patient. And in these seven signs, we saw how man responds to God's merciful warnings. And these responses were fueled by Satan's wrath against God through the people who've actually sided with the enemy of souls. So throughout the periods of these seven signs, Jesus shows he's patient and he still offers all the evidence they need to know about God. And the, and the, the one we looked at the week before last was the seven bowls. Now, this is at the, right at the end of time, and the seven bowls were God's judgments without mercy, and that shows God's justice. You know, God is a God of love, yes, but he's not going to allow sin to go on forever, so he's a God of justice. In the seven bowls, we see that God will deal with sin and sinners just as he's promised to. He says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord in Romans twelve nineteen, And at the time these bowls are being poured out, judgment will be meted out on those who've completely rejected God. Mm -hmm. And then last week we looked at the 7,000 7, years, years, right? And this is God's judgment scrutinized. Jesus is fair and transparent. That's what it tells us about Jesus. In the 7,000 years, we see that God even cares about those who've rejected him. So that final 1,000 years or I should have said the seventh thousand year, God even cares about those who've rejected him. So he won't leave them here for Satan to attack and, and uh, persecute. He actually allows them to rest until he comes back. Wow. So you're saying, you know, these six sets, they, when I say a set, you know, a set of seven mm, is um, mm. the churches, the, um, the, the seals, the trumpets, mm, the mm. signs, the bowls, and the 7,000 years, mm. you're saying that that reflects Jesus' character, but at the same time it reveals events in Earth's history. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because it's a revelation of Jesus, it shows us not only what's going to take place, because it goes on and says that, but it also shows more about the character of Jesus and the way these things take place. And after the break, we're going to look at what I believe is a significant about the number 42, which is six mm. sevens, which is okay. interesting. Okay, this is there. Yeah, this, 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 this is going to be interesting. I want to remind our listeners, the question is, has the number seven ever been significant for you? Text it through to 488 And don't forget the free uh, offer later on in the program. It's not a book today. It's a set of Bible studies called Try Jesus. I've done this many times, and I do recommend it. So make sure to uh, stay, on, stay online and uh, hear the Hear the code so you can claim one for yourself. But here we're going to go into a song called Jesus is Coming Soon by Vocal Union. 
Troublesome times, times are here. Filling men's hearts with, with fear. Freedom we all dear now is at stake. Humbling your Humbling hearts, your hearts to, to God. Satan the chastening rod. Seek the way, seek the way, pilgrims trod. Christians awake. My Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night, or night or noon. And many will, many will be their doom. Trumpets will Trumpets sound. And all of the dead. We Only then will fly, glory to share. My Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. And many will be dead, trumpets will sound, and all of the dead shall rise. Righteous me in the skies, when we know no one dies, heavenward bound. My Jesus is a program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters of Faith FM with Max, or Pastor David Maxwell, on a series of significant sevens of Revelation. And Max has been talking about the topic of the perfect seven restored. And before the break, you were talking about the number 42. There are six mm. significant sevens of Revelation, which adds up to 42. So mm. let's start breaking down why that number is important. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Leo. Look, that's that's a great great comment because as we as we dig into this, um, <clears throat> remember I started speaking about uh, in the opening illustration. I mentioned this fictitious book called uh, and the movie called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep. And it was suggested that forty two was the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Now, uh, I. Let's see if there's anything in that. Now, I know this guy's an atheist and he doesn't really care about the Bible and he was probably just making fun of, you know, the, the, the Jewish beliefs. So right. in the Jewish tradition, the, the Kabbalah tradition, 
um, they see that 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 God has a forty-two letter name, right? There's a forty-two letter name of God, um, and it's made up of six, seven, six-letter words. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce those six words, okay? But there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, six-letter words. Now. There was even a prayer that was written with exactly 42 words and it was constructed from that name, mm. uh, right? So, you know, a portion for each of those words. <clears throat> and this is what it said when you translate it. So it's more than 42 words in English, you understand. It says, Please now with might, with, with the strength of your right, untie the bound, accept our song, strengthen us, purify in or awesome in grace. As you, as who, no, we who see you as one, guard from harm, cleanse us and bless, mix mercy with justice and always redeem holy power in your great goodness, guide your people, exalt unique, exalted unique, turn to us who recall uh, and your holiness, receive your cry, hear our plea. You know what is hidden. Blessed is the name, glorious your kingdom throughout space and time. So it's a really beautiful prayer, actually. And uh, and I thought, wow, that's that's really interesting. So, you know, for them, in the Kabbalah tradition, Jewish tradition, that was very, very significant. I would have preferred so hearing you saying it in Jewish. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that that was too hard to do. <clears throat> not not in uh, pronunciation, so short and overs. When you look in other areas, you also find 42 is significant. So if you look at 42 in mathematics, it's a, and I don't have time, unfortunately, to explain all these terms. Mm -hmm. Please look them up yourself. It's a pronic number. It's an abundant number. It's a Catalan number. It's um, the number of petitions of 10, and that means as you break down um, the number 10, it's how many different ways that can be broken down. Um, 42 is what it comes to. Uh, the only It's the only value that is the number of sets of four distinct positive integers. Now, you might have to go back and listen to this uh, broadcast to be able to look at each one of these. As I said, I don't have time to explain all of them. Um, you can actually go to Wikipedia and you can uh, type in uh, 42 and you'll come up with that number and all of these explanations. So look them up. It's very interesting. I don't agree with all of them, but these are some of the significant ones. <clears throat> it's the resulting number of the original Smith number, which is interesting. It's the sum of the first six positive even numbers, one to tw um, you know, 2 to 12, right? So you add them all up, you get 42. Um, the largest possible natural number, less than 100, to be expressed as a sum of three cubes, that's quite technical. Uh, 42 in science, it's the angle rounded to whole degrees for which a rainbow appears. That's significant. That blows my mind. Mm, Who put the rainbow in the right, sky? Right, the know? promise of God. Wow, why is that the angle? Based on the constant of gravity, it would theoretically take 42 minutes to travel from one side of the Earth to the other if you drilled a straight hollow tube through the Earth, removed the air to make a vacuum and there was no drag, and you jumped in. Uh, the, time, the time to travel the distance 
that distance. So half the, you know, to the centre of the Earth, you're travelling traveling under uh, under gravity. It's called a gravity train. And then and you're accelerating. And the second half, you're decelerating at exactly the same rate, and it's 42-minute trip. I think that's really interesting. Another one is 42 in technology in a tag image file format, a TIFF, T-I-F-F, anyone who understands different types of picture formats. The second 16-bit word of every file is 42, and that's what identifies it as a TIFF file. Wow. Um, ASCII, ASCII code, right? That's short for American Standard Code for Information Exchange. It's a standard (coughs) in computing. Um, The ASCII code 42 is for the asterisk symbol, which is a wildcard for everything. So if you're searching for something, you say, look up, um, let's say on your computer, you say, look up um, uh, mail star. So M-A-I-L, you're looking for all your mail, and you put a star after, it'll be it'll be mailbox, it'll find mailbox, it'll find anything. The star is a, a wildcard for any any characters that happen after what you type in, and you put a wildcard, you put the star there. That star's reference in computer language is 42. Mm. Boom, blow your mind. And you uh, know 42, 42 and in astronomy, this really gets me. The Orion Nebula is known as the Messier Object M42. Hmm. Now, for those Christians out there who know something about the Orion Nebula, 42 is very significant. So you go digging about that. Mm-hmm. Um, 42 in religion. So in ancient Egyptian, the 42 questions supposedly asked after death to allow admission into the afterlife were called the 42 negative confessions. Okay. So that's in Egyptian. Um, in Abrahamic religions, so, you know, the um, uh, faiths that look to Abraham as their founder, there are 42 places that the Israelites visited during the Exodus, and that's in Numbers 33. The 42 letter, lettered name ascribed to God that we mentioned already. Um, wow, I've got to get through all of this. In the Torah scroll, it's written with no less than 42 lines per column. In Kabbalistic tradition, 42 is the number with which God creates the universe. So that's in their tradition. There are 42 generations mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew in the genealogy of Jesus, 14, 14, 14, right? The beast power in Revelation rules for 42 months. 1260 days in prophecy is also equal to 42 30-day months. And that's um, in prophecy, they use in calculations for prophecy, they use a 30-day month and a 360-day year. Very, very interesting. Um, The Gutenberg Bible is also known as the 42-line Bible with 42 lines per page. Psalm 42 speaks about the psalmist's love and desire for God. And Isaiah 42 actually speaks about Jesus. These are fascinating coincidences, Mm. aren't they? Sure is. Um, In Buddhism, there's a scripture called Sutra of 42 Sections. (laughs) Now, for all you sports fans, there are oh. 42 rules in cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere, there's 42 US gallons in a barrel of oil. Um, there's 42 is the inspiration for the name of the 42 Centre of Excellence for Artificial 
Intelligence, based in Vienna, Austria. Why are they using 42? Hmm. That's interesting. If 42 has got something to do with God, they're tr- are they trying to counterfeit that? 42 is also the sum of numbers on a dice. Wow. Okay, that's something I didn't know. Yeah, so the, the, I think this is fascinating. So you think perhaps, you know, even though you've listed all these things that you've just shared about the number 42, that there's something even more significant? There's other things that 42 can attribute to? Yeah, I, I really do. I really do. We haven't got time to delve into it fully today, but do some research yourself, and I think you'll be surprised with what you find. Mm. But we have to go to a break before we get to our last section where we talk about Perfect Seven. That's right. Now, for our listeners, uh, we've got the the free offer today, which is a set of Bible study guides. Now, these are Bible study guides you can go through at your pace, and it's called Try Jesus. I totally recommend it. Ever, sen- ever seen something you thought would make your life complete, and then when you finally get it, you still don't know. If you still don't feel satisfied. How would you like the kind of happiness that lasts? Knowing Jesus has brought meaning to the lives of millions of people, including me, around the world. We're inviting you to find out if it can do the same for you. Explore the life of Jesus and find out the difference it can make for your life today. So stay uh, stay with our, our program. I'll give you the code after this break. And even if it's not for you, it may be for a friend. And don't forget the, the question for today. Um, has the number seven ever been significant for you? You can text through your answer to 488 891. That's the same number to send the code to in order to uh, claim the Bible studies. But right now we're going to go to a song. This song is called Jerusalem Cry. Have a listen to the lyrics, how significant this is. Come 
unbelievers will see God's answer Jerusalem's cry God's answer Jerusalem's You're listening to Tez Encounters of Faith FM, and we're talking with Pastor David Max, uh, Maxwell, or Max, on the topic mm. of the perfect seven restored. And uh, that was Randy Travis giving us a bit of an insight on what Revelation has to say about that as well. But um, we got, b- before the break, I promised the code to claim the free Bible study set that we're giving away. We've got five to give away, so there's a few there to claim. The code is Revelation 7, all in one word. Revelation 7, R-E-V-E-L-A-T-I-O-N, the number 7, all in one word. Text that to 488-880-891, and you can claim your Try Jesus Bible Study Guide. So, Max, before the break, you were saying that uh, the six sevens or the 42 that came from the six sets, the, the, the significant sevens has a, that has quite a lot of significance, but there's a, mm. there's a one set missing, one set of sevens missing there that you want to share with us today. Yeah, I did. Well, it's not so much a set of sevens, but it is a seven that I that I find is very significant. So that's why I haven't included uh-huh. in the significant the six significant sevens. But it is something in the application for us today that I think I do want to ch- share this one more inverted commas seven that I want to share before I wrap up. And I've called this the perfect seven restored. So there is one seven that I'm sure God just can't wait to restore to its rightful place and status. And this is mentioned in the Bible in many, many places directly, and it's also alluded to in a number of places uh, also in the Bible. The first mention is in Genesis, right? So right in the very beginning, God at the end of the six days of creation, he sets aside one day, the seventh day mm. as his special day and, and he actually calls this day later on through the bible he calls this day the sabbath and sabbath just means to rest or or uh it's got a wider meaning right but but i just in the short it's it's to rest to spend time uh to he he blessed the day he made it special he actually made it different from all the other days yes and as we've looked at in the past that that day is for our benefit not just so that we can you know sleep in and do what we want he said no this is my day and i'm inviting you into it so come into that day mm. and and enjoy our com- company together right <clears throat> so his true ideal for this day is a day um to come and spend time in his presence be filled with him it's gotten completely messed up with the entrance of sin 
right? So people have their own ideas now. We've become a lot more selfish. We want to do our stuff on that day. Hey, you know, we work real hard every day in the week. And I understand some people do six days work, really hard, laborious work, and they want a day off. And they can see that as uh, this is a day for me to do my stuff. But God says, no, this is my day. You take another day for yourself, but this is my day. So come in it, um, be blessed, do the sorts of things I would do. In Isaiah 66, 22 and 23, God shows Isaiah that one day he's going to fix this day up. And so I'm going to read that in the New King James. He says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I shall make, sorry, which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, And from one Sabbath to another, all flesh will come to worship before me, says the Lord. Now, this is not just some application prophecy where we say, well, this is conditional on what the Jews were doing and all that. When you continue reading the rest of that passage, it's talking about after God has destroyed sin. So it's the new heavens, it's the new earth, there's still Sabbath. There's actually Sabbath Restored, And I think that's fascinating. <clears throat> God fixes it up. He fixes it up again. He restores it to what it should have been. And then we'll really understand it, I think, Leo, and I think we'll get the most out of it. <laughs> yeah. We also see this weekly and monthly cycle referred to in Revelation 21, 24. Now, you remember I said before that sometimes in, Revel- or in the Bible you get these obscure references. So I see this one is a little bit of an obscure reference, but let's, let's have a look at it. So in uh, Revelation 22, um, well, firstly, 21, 24, it says, um, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honour into it. That's the new Jerusalem. And then in chapter 22, 1 and 2, we see, so that was, um, you know, the nation's coming. The nation's coming for what timing? Well, back in Isaiah, it says we'll come every week. But you see in what we read in Revelation 22, the pure river of water of life, the middle of the street, the trees, says the tree bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. Hmm. So when we see in Isaiah, he's talking about weekly and monthly. Here in Revelation, we see regular. It doesn't necessarily say exactly weekly, but it says we're going to come and bring honour and glory into it, um, into the gates, into the city. And we also see something we're doing monthly there. So I see those obscure references that the weekly honours God, to me, that looks like Sabbath worship. And the monthly heals our hurts. <coughs> and I think that's quite good too. So mm. in each of these, we praise God for what he's done in and for us through Jesus. So what can we learn? You know, what can we learn as we look at all of these things? Well, right. firstly, I think we can learn that God is patient and he wants to save as many as possible. As many as possible. In Second uh, Peter... Second Peter uh, chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, perish. but that all mm. should come to repentance. That's good news. Wow, you know, good, God wants yeah. us to be Amen. saved. 
Ezekiel 18, 23 and 32, it actually says, do I have any pleasure that the wicked should die? No, they should turn from his way and live. You know, and he repeats it in 32, I don't want people to die. Jesus is doing everything possible he can to ensure that you and I can live in heaven with Jesus one day. He wants you and I, you personally, to join him at the banquet. Mm. Uh, Luke twenty two sixteen. I'm running out of time, so I won't read it, but Luke twenty two sixteen talks about Jesus says to his disciples, I'm not going to drink this grape juice again till I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Right. You know, in, at that great banquet, at that great feast. I'm looking forward to that, Leo. I don't know about you, but I'll oh, certainly absolutely. And then when we read John 14 and verse 6, we see that Jesus really is the answer to all things. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He says, I am the way, Amen. the truth, and the life. The way, not a way, the truth, mm-hmm. not a truth, and mm-hmm. the life, not some life or a life. So I bring you back to my opening illustration of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Just as the number 42 was very significant to that whole plot of the books and subsequent movie, so too as we looked at 42, um, the significance of 42, both outside the Bible and inside the Bible, in these significant sevens of Revelation, can't be missed. Can't be missed. Jesus, they point, it points to Jesus, and Jesus really is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Even if we don't realise it. So the ultimate question then is what you're going to do about it. What are you going to do about it? You know, if you'd like to help with that question, get in touch with us so that we can help point you in the right direction and get you started. Amen. So true. And so... Nick, that, that completes the significant sevens, but he did, if you didn't hear Max earlier in the program, he said, uh, next year there's going to be a much elaborate, uh, look at these studies. But next week, mm. David, you're going to talk about the day, day of the Lord, which is mentioned yes. a lot in the Old Testament. And, uh, yes. yeah, we're, we're going to have a look at that. And, uh, I'm looking at prayer, uh, uh, sorry, not prayer, sharing the gospel sharing the gospel uh, next Wednesday. But for today's free offer, make sure to text through Revelation 7 to 0488880891. And I hope you're blessed for the rest of your day. Uh, we're going out with a song. It's called the Invitation Medley. It's got, a, it's got Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, I Surrender All, and I've Decided to Follow Jesus by Anthem Lights. And so as you listen to the song, I really hope that you're challenged You think about the things that have been discussed today, and uh, as we look at Jesus being the only answer, uh, uh, it really is Max and myself's prayer that uh, you indeed will look to Jesus as being the only answer that we need in our lives. May God bless you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace To Jesus I surrender all To Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily lives
His glory and grace. 